Gears. It's time for Between Gears, a wonderful bike show. And with a wonderful guest today, I can't believe that you're in the studio with me. Hello, my name is Kurt Stevens. Yeah. Manager over at UBET Bicycle Sales and Service. Yes, and so uh, it's a bike show. We love bikes, and we like to encourage other people who love bikes as well, as well to uh, join in and listen up and see if anything sounds familiar to you. Well, Kurt, it's so nice to have you here. I had uh, Michael, uh, by the way, uh, listeners out there who uh, he and I share this program team up together. He has an electric bike. I have what some people call an acoustic bike. And what is, what does uh, Madison call our bikes with no electric backup? It's not acoustic. It's sometimes, analog. Sometimes analog. it's analog. I've also heard Amish. <laughs> Amish. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, Kurt, uh, let's hear about you a little bit and what you're up to. And um, you, wow, we have so many things to talk about today, tonight. Well, since it's bicycles, there's always so many things to talk about. Yeah. But, uh, you know, these days with it raining so much, it puts a little damper on the riding we can do at times. It does. I've, I feel uh, feel kind of closed in. But wintertime is also a time. I, I keep my eye out on the weather. And if there's a window between storms, that's my favorite time to go out. Because often as, as you're pedaling along and if you get up to a high place, you can literally see and feel the storm coming in. Absolutely. And I just, I just like being out there in that atmosphere. Just, <sighs> I mean, that's part of riding, right? We get to be out in the elements. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, and mud is the name of of some games. You and I were talking about mud, and I have an affinity for mud. I, I like to kind of dive right into the puddle and see if I can make it through on the other side. I call it a pond. Some of my riding friends call it, no, that's just a puddle. But sometimes I don't make it across. It's a big mess to clean up. You know, you got to live it up. It's a pond, not a puddle. Yeah, and it takes me back to 9, 10, 11 years old. Exactly. That's part of the joy of riding a bike. And you get a little mud in your face, and it just adds to the fun. You know, this time of year, we always want to be a little gentle on the trails and not do too much damage. Don't ride around the puddles, but ride through them, like you say. Yes, and the other thing about that is, though, if it's been raining really hard and the trail is really muddy, you don't want to mess that trail up because Absolutely. it will take a couple of days for it to kind of cure and dry up a little bit. Um, we're pretty lucky that most of the trails, the NID, Nevada Irrigation Ditch trails, are pretty well built and it doesn't take them very long to, uh, couldn't we say thaw out if it's mud or does it have to be frost? <laughs> desogify at least. Yeah, yeah desogify the bike. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Kurt, let's tell them ahead of time about Bonk, because that's something everyone should know about. All the local riders should know, uh, bicyclists of Nevada County, how to stay in touch with them. And I would imagine the website has all kinds of activities on it for bicyclists. Yeah, absolutely. The Bicyclist of Nevada County is our local trail maintenance building and advocacy group, um, we're responsible for, I'm actually the president of the club as well, so I say we are responsible for maintaining a variety of trails, building a network of trails up off Highway 20, the Parliament Network, um, and so we're always very aware of how much rain there is and how much effort goes into maintaining and bringing those trails back to life, so we'd never want to ride them when they're too wet, but um, at this point, we're sort of responsible for close to 60 miles of trails in the area um, between uh, Nevada City and uh, the Grouse Ridge area. You can always find information on social media, but also through our website at bonc.org. Uh, we are in the process of redoing the website to make it a little more modern and pop out at everybody, but there's going to be lots of opportunity for trail work and donations and whatnot, and we always encourage people to join up and be a member. A good example of a trail is the Hoot Trail. Hoot Trail was one of the early ones that we've done. We did we rebuilt um, part of Scotts Flat Trail down to Scotts Flat Lake as well. Do some maintenance on the Round Mountain Trail Network, um, and then as well as the Parliament Network, which includes uh, there's like six different trails that are mountain bike specific in the state of California on Tahoe National Forest Land. 
Wow. All right. And that's one of them? Uh, Talon Show is the first one. And then we have Shimmer and uh, Permagrin, Cheeseburger. There's a few of them out there. When you said permagrin, I got the picture of a permanent grin. Absolutely. Okay. Is that the part of the name? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. It's actually permagrin falcon. Years ago, many years ago, there was a bike show called Bike Talk. And I remember I was able to talk to uh, Orion Kroger. Yeah. And the Hoot Trail was pretty new then, but I'd been out to see what he and the other trail builders had done. And... I could not believe how they had engineered that trail. You know, it, it takes something special to know not only where what, where's the water going to run when it rains, where the biker's going to go down, turn up, find a turn, and go back down. And all of that was just kind of mind-blowing. Absolutely. Orion's done some amazing work. He's one of the main builders in our new network as well. And we spend lots of time doing grade reversals and whatnot to try and keep the water off the trail create some fun with riding and accessible for all users. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've had a question that I wanted to ask you for a long time, but I thought, decided I'd make you answer it in front of thousands of people Perfect. who are listening right now. What is it about gravel bikes that you like? Or any, you know, why are they they're so popular? The last time I had to ride on a trail uh, or a, a gravel was uh, I was going around the so, uh, Sutter Buttes, Middle Mountains. Huh. Yeah. And uh, there's a section there that I remember I was riding on gravel. and, But there, now it's it's a type of bike that has become very popular. It is a type of bike that's become popular. It's, um, it's really akin to a mountain bike from the late 80s in a sense of what you're doing with the bike because it just allows dirt roads to become fun. It's sort of a road bike that you can take off-road and stay off of all the paved roads so you can ride a dirt road, a light-duty trail, an NI ditch trail. And it just sort of adds to the accessibility and fun for a variety of users. Rather than have to drive to a trail network or something, you can just hop out your door and go for a ride. Go anywhere, all terrain. Absolutely, yep. Definitely all terrain. I like that. And you brought me back to when I rode a road bike, and uh, there's some places I couldn't go and some I could. But also... Doesn't it have kind of a standard, it doesn't have a lot of suspension? Usually not. Um, some of the newer ones are starting to have some suspension to them, uh, especially as people are venturing further and further out on rougher and rougher terrain. Um, traditionally, they don't. It's more of a bigger tire than a road bike, not as big as a mountain bike, but something to give you some traction and control and cush when you're out there in the rough. Yeah. Sounds like fun, and when you mentioned it's a lot like the earlier bikes, I just remembered, you know, like my first Nashiki. <laughs> there I you had. go. Yeah. I was, I, I, when I moved here, which was a really long time ago, I only had like a, a English racer, maybe a three speed or something like sure. that to get around. And then it's, you know, I learned very quickly that was not the bike because I fell so many times on gravel roads. <laughs> as a matter of fact, just crash and slide, crash and slide. Then I started reading magazines about this thing called a mountain bike. And I thought, get a mountain bike, and they, you know, you can go over everything, and it's really cool, and this, that, and the other thing, pre-suspension. And um, so I had a half mile up to get up to Rock Creek Road on a very rough road. It was like a river bed. It took me a long time to make it all the way up there. It was <laughs> the magazines made it sound so easy. You still have to, <sighs> as they often do, you know. And then there's the reality. Yeah, the reality is always just right there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Kurt, one thing I we talked about earlier was um, we have an event coming up, the Jim Rogers um, Annual Ride. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, there's a Jim Rogers Memorial Ride coming up uh, February 11th in Nevada City. Jim Rogers was one of the founders of the Tour of Nevada City Bike Shop years ago, and he had been... Uh, hit from behind by a driver who was texting and driving and basically didn't see him and drove right over him. Um, it was a very, very sad time for the community, horrible for his family. Um, very loved man, very sweet man. 
Um, and uh, so his wife, Carolyn Rogers, has been putting on the Jim Rogers Memorial Ride now for, I believe this is the 14th year of um, putting on this ride in memory of him. Uh, meets at Tour of Nevada City, 9.30 in the morning. It's a 16-mile ride. There is shorter options for a six-mile ride or run, as well as a one- to three-mile walk or run, all from Tour of Nevada City. I think the idea is to meet at 9.30 and leave by 10.30. Um, should take a couple hours, that kind of thing. Right. It's been fun in the past. For, for once, uh, the time when I went in the past, uh, we were out there, way out there at Bitney Springs. Highway Patrol pulls up, blocks the road, until yep. all of us went through. I've never had that feeling before. Pretty amazing collective, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to have that support is and you, really wonderful. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's pretty wonderful to see the community come around in uh, memory of Jim. He was raced the Nevada City Classic many times, and like I say, was one of the founders of the Tour of Nevada City Bike Shop. Uh, if you're looking for information on it, there is you can certainly find it on social media, but it's also at um, SierraExpress.org, which is the local bicycle road club that he was one of the founders of. And another thing we have talked about on this show before is is what goes on between automobile drivers and bicyclists on the road. And the, uh, the idea is to share the road. We're all going to the same place. All of us bicyclists have experienced... Sometimes it might happen to be a big red truck that likes to go by really fast. And so what happens is all of these people that are out there on their bikes are very real people. They could be a grandparent, a parent. They could be a daughter, a son. Um, and in Jim's case, when I was thinking about it, he left behind a wonderful wife, two children, yep. and two very distraught um, parents. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, as a cyclist, um, like anybody within the community, we may not always follow every single rule, just like anybody driving a car. But you, it's nice to be aware that somebody who's on a bike and in a car, we're neighbors here in this small community. So it easily could be that person you pass by on the bike could be your kid's school teacher. You know, it could be your doctor. It could be just somebody that you run into at SPD shopping later that we might as well just get along and treat each other safely and kindly and do not text and drive. I used to be very impressed when I worked in Grass Valley when I see, saw bicycle commuters going through all that traffic oh, yeah. and morning and then at the end of the day they went back that way too. And I don't know, when I saw a cyclist I always thought, wow, that's kind of like a local hero. You know, they've decided to get on a bike and go to work, dress up on rainy days and and probably have a change of clothes, depending on what their work was, and then do it again on the way back. Uh, quite wonderful to see. Well, the bicycle is such an amazing tool for a variety of things, not just for pleasure, but also for commuting. You don't have to drive your car all the time, especially if you live relatively close to work. I mean... Those folks that are commuting down to Sacramento, that might be a little more difficult. But otherwise, I mean, so many so many of our trips are short within five miles that to be able to hop on a bike and just get to the store, get to um, a close-by workplace is a lovely way to do it. I know Michael, who, who shares the, the program here, has a, an electric bike, but he has it set up so he, he does some of his grocery shopping when he works as a handyman and goes around and does different jobs, he never gets in his car. He just hops on the bike and can carry everything he needs to do that job. And boy, is he, he just tells me these grinning stories about, oh, yeah, I was way out there, and then I worked on this cabinet, and then over there, and never got inside a car at all. What a great way to do it. I mean, that's a, a, a huge advantage that electric assist bikes have, especially in our area, but any area, you know, with so many hills around here to have a little assist, you're able to carry tools, groceries, makes it so much easier to get around. And maybe you're not quite as sweaty getting to work or to that um, job site or, you know, to the store. You're probably very prepared for it because I used to ride in sometimes from, I lived at Round Mountain and uh, teaching at uh, in Grass Valley. And uh, by the time I got to school, I was ready for anything. 
You exactly. know, you just, it, I hate to use this silly term, but it pumps you up. So anything that happens doesn't, it, the edge is gone to it, you know? So that was really fun. I'd go into the classroom and kind of go, oh yeah, kids, here we go. <laughs> I mean, I think obviously we're a little bit biased that we like spikes so much that yeah. we know the joy that it can bring, but it really can make it easier to to navigate that day to day. You know, like you say, you're ready to ready for anything when you get on your bike and get into work and teach those kids. You're feeling great. So, Kurt, people are. You know, we've had these rainstorms one after the other after the other. Uh, what would you tell people about, hey, they're talking about digging my bike out again and out of the garage and seeing how much air is left in the tires and things like that. This, to me, is a, there's not as many riding days when the weather is warm and clear, but the days you have are very adventurous and fun, you know, because, you know, look at that dark spot. It's moving towards me. It looks like rain at the bottom of it. I'd better get done what I got to do here and head on back to shelter again. So there's excitement in the air, as there should be if a storm is coming or a storm has just left. And so it's such a good time to be out. Absolutely. And you get to capture that, you know, chasing the sun feel of here's days that are not as long as we get in the summer. So every little moment is that much better. The other thing about bicycling to me is, um, of course, as a teacher, I would strongly tell my kids, hey, you got a bike? Where do you ride it? What do you do? Do you meet other friends? Do you do that and this and that and the other thing? But for me, when I go back to the early days of my bike, um, which was an old English racer, kind of, I don't know, three gears I think I had on it, if I remember correctly. Um, Freedom. It just meant freedom to me. Because you head out on that bike, you're not having a parent drive you somewhere in their car you just go and you meet your friends and then you decide to head off and do this and that and the other thing. But you're, it's all you. It's your body who's pedaling it. It's your body that's steering it. And it's just, and you don't have to follow the road. You can take shortcuts all over the place and do these various other things. So for me, and it's still, that's probably why we sing when we ride. Because <laughs> it, it's freedom. Sure. Freedom. You yeah, and I mean, I feel like we get to have that at any age, just like you say, it makes, I mean, half the time I ride my mountain bike, I do feel like a little kid. You know, I definitely have a smile on my face. I might laugh out loud. You're riding with a couple friends and it just exaggerates that even more. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was talking, last time I was talking about the buddies. Boy, when you make bike buddies, you go out and you have these adventures together and it really strengthen, strengthens your relationship because physically you've all been through the very same thing in your own way with your own bike and your own body. And there's just these grins, you know, you're just like, I can't believe where we just went. Yeah. The shared experience of the trials and tribulations of a tough ride, or even just if it's a perfect sunny day and everything goes well, it just enhances everything that much more. Yeah. And it's a a fascinating thing to see what's come about in our community too, with the, uh, um, the Miners Mountain Bike Team, which was developed a number of years ago through Nevada Union High School, but now has expanded into all the middle schools. So they have riders from age uh, uh, grades 6 through 12 in these rides, organized rides, and then races that are coming up soon. To uh, be there when young people are learning something new and gaining confidence and uh, enjoying the camaraderie of their of their peer group is there's nothing like it. I, I like being around it. I, the, I I used to go into the bike repair at uh, um, Seven Hills and uh, help out in there. It's amazing. We in fact the first program we did we had four of the girls who are in that class uh, talk on the radio about what their experiences were with bike building, bike repairing, and things like that. And I have to say this again, what came out of it is not, oh, I finished my bike before she did. It was more like, well, I had to learn how to share because we only had one wrench and she was working on her (laughs) bike with that. And it was really this moving, heartful thing that they, they didn't say anything about the thrill of biking. It was more about what they had to learn to do in cooperation with one another to succeed. And once they reached that point, they were all in it together and just having a really good time. 
Yeah, that Seven Hills Bicycle Recycle pro- Program that uh, Ben Preston is now in charge of is a pretty amazing of uh, uh, elective that they have at Seven Hills. I think it's one of the most popular electives that the kids are doing now. And from what I've seen, half of them seem to want to really ride the bikes. The other half are really excited to do just that, to work with each other in building up these bikes, repairing the bikes, and get them ready for others. Yeah, it's a lot more fun than reading about which what countries are in Central America out of your <laughs> geography book. Yeah, it's very real, very visceral. Uh, also, um, you learn things. You become better mechanically using tools and putting things together. You know, so that builds your self-confidence. It kind of spreads out into all other kinds of areas as well. Sure, you get a little more kinesthetic, hands-on experience with a tool with uh, repairing something. I mean, that's going to help on anything, whether it's changing your oil or even just checking the oil in your car or being able to repair a flat tire on your bike. And something I want to be sure to do is acknowledge uh, the folks who help us and support this program. You Bet Bicycle Sales and Service Between Gears is supported by You Bet Bicycle Sales and Service of Nevada City, offering sales and servicing for mountain bikes, gravel, and e-bikes, plus bicycle tune-ups. And we'd also like to thank for their support Mike Bratton State Farm Agency, providing over 38 years of experience with home, auto, life and business insurance products and financial services the mike bratton team are proud supporters of the nevada county community mikebrattonagency.com once again haphazard would suggest that when you go into these places of business say hey i heard you announced on kvmr that means you support them thanks so much for doing that and then that circle is becomes uh, complete just like a bicycle yeah yeah so, Kurt, you're exp- what, tell, tell us what it's like to be uh, w- work your job. You're, you work on bicycles. Every time I walk in the shop that you work in, you bet bikes that you're, you're bent over, you're turning things and twisting things and setting them up again. Um, what do you see? What, what, what will you suggest to people who are, might be interested in biking? Maybe they want to revive their old bike that's been sitting around for so long, or maybe they're thinking, you know, that's... That's such a healthy thing to do. And I, can, I, I, I still can't forget when I had my, uh, what do you call it, when you, they take your blood and they do a reading of your, what's all in your blood and stuff. And when the reading came back, my doctor said, can I trade mine for yours? Because it, it's really healthy to be out there pumping, climbing it, hills. It's a very healthy, fun way to live. I mean, it just, it's a benefit, and I think it's, you know, this time of year, it's a little harder to do than uh, so going to the gym could be an easier way to do it. But when we're able to just be outside having fun and exercising, it's pretty amazing. Yes. And so getting that old bike out of the garage that's been sitting for a while, tires might be flat and shifting might not work. And oftentimes it's an easy way to bring the bike back to life. Um, that's partially what we tend to do is to, you know, examine what that bike is. Is it worthwhile to put a bunch of money and you know sometimes we don't want to take people's money just to do that because you might be a benefit buying a used bike or a new bike that's in better condition yeah yeah but it's such a fun way to get outside and do things without it being um too much of a chore you know we've got some great nid ditches to get out that are fairly flat there's some nice dirt roads and easier trails it's a great way to step into it so if a person walked into the bike shop and started talking about their being interested in a bike, how, do, how would you approach that? Really, it's sort of a matter of, uh, you know, what are they wanting out of it? Are they looking to do um, heavy-duty mountain biking? Are they looking to just do some really casual riding? They don't want any hills, and I might have to suggest, you know, you might be driving a little bit to get into a flat terrain like the American River Bike Path down uh, Folsom to Sacramento area. But it's sort of assessing what that what that individual is looking for, what they want out of the experience, if they're looking to just try and ride around the neighborhood or end up in Downeyville. <laughs> so uh, what do you recommend for a person – as far as maintaining their bike, I mean, what are some important things they need to do to keep that bike running? Not buying new parts or anything, but keeping what you have 
healthy. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot that goes to that. And uh, oftentimes people go a little overboard with doing it. One of the worst things we see people doing is uh, hosing their bike off a little too much and keeping it spotlessly clean. Because usually that means that you're spraying water directly into the bearings and drying everything out. And it can do more damage in the long run. Um, Having a gentle clean on it and keeping that chain cleaned and lubricated goes a long ways that's the most important thing make sure your tires are aired properly so that you don't uh, get flats or damage the tires themselves and then there's so many other decisions like do you want uh, tubeless or or not or you know well once we start getting into the intricacies then it's a whole nother world okay okay but I mean, that's what we're there for, too. Right. It's part of the conversation. You know, what what does that individual want to experience with the bike? How far do they want to take it? And there are rides that go out, and they're group rides, and not everybody always knows each other necessarily, but you can make some good friends joining groups that are going out on, on rides. Uh, the, the, uh, the ride that's coming up is a good one uh, to do that with. Absolutely. It's a great way to network. Um, I mean, the Jim Rogers Memorial Ride is a great way to do that. As we get into spring, there'll be some more group rides um, between some of the local bike shops as well as a look. There's a local uh, mountain bike riding group called Star. There, you can find them on uh, Facebook that they'll have some beginner, intermediate and advanced rides as once with the basically once the time change happens. Stars as in S-T-A-R-S? Uh, S-T-A-R, Single Track Action Rider. Oh, okay. So you can be a star. So we're talking now about trail etiquette? You know, like with the amount of weather that we're having lately, um, it's always good to be aware of how you are riding on the trail. If it's pouring rain and you go out immediately, you're going to be leaving some pretty big tracks usually recommend not riding the trail right after a big rain, not during the rains. Yes, it may be fun, but it also requires a lot more maintenance uh, to bring the trail back to life and to keep it good for the summer when it's really fun. Yeah, when you if you ride and sink into the mud as you ride and leave these big, deep tire tracks, it takes a much longer time for those to heal and flatten out again than it would if you rode somewhere else and let that that earth dry up by itself. And that's one way that uh, the gravel riding aspect works really well, where you can ride some dirt roads and that kind of thing and still get out there and enjoy yourself, but you don't have to necessarily ride all of the trails and put big ruts in them that then need to be repaired later. Whether or not you're a member of uh, Bicyclists of Nevada County, it still requires some maintenance that has to be done by someone. Right, yes, oh yes. My gosh. <laughs> but even along that, those same lines, I mean, the more use we see out on the trail, when there's a big group of folks riding a muddy condition, you know, it's reasonable to stay off some of the, the uh, rutted out trails and also be aware of how you engage and interact with some of those users too. You know, if you're passing somebody, just say hi, be friendly. We're not the only people doing it. I mean, there are hikers, there's horseback riders. There's other cyclists who may be of a variety of abilities and ages, and it's just nice to be pleasant around everyone. Yes, and that goes with uh, automobile drivers as well. Um, Up on where I live, I have been taught by a a retired judge who is in his early 90s to wave to people. You know, make a connection just through, hey, there goes a truck going by that way and stuff. And what's happening to me in the place that's most familiar where cars also go is sometimes they will wave to me first. And that's so cool because a connection is made there. There's a person on a bike, they're alive, and their hand is waving. I'm going to wave back. It, it's just a simple connection because you can't yell and say, hey, my name's Charlie, where are you going? You know, it, it's just that quick thing of recognition. It's like when we talk about when you when you walk around, at make eye contact with people. Don't look down at the ground or up high or pretend they're not there because they are. And that connection, it's sweet, it's free, and uh, they are recognized because you shook your head yes or smiled or something like that. 
Well, it works on biking as well. You're, you're not that far away from the people in their cars unless you're riding next to a freeway or something like that. So making that connection, I think, is one of the most important things you can do. I would agree. I mean, it seems like a great way to, we already know that it's a fairly small community we live in. We have chosen to live here. So to say hi to your neighbor who might be driving a car, might be walking, might be riding past you is a great way to keep that connection going. I mean, it is the reason that we have this amazing community. I agree. Yeah, we're so lucky. (laughs) We really are, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, what, what do you like to do? What, what's some of your favorite things uh, doing on a bike? When I'm working on a bike or riding a bike? Because I'd much rather just ride the bike than work on it. I, I'm actually forget the work part <laughs> just for fun and pleasure. I mean, I love riding, you know, all of our local trails, getting up into the high country when the snow melts, um, dropping down to the river and going for a swim. I mean, we have some really fun riding around here. The whole Highway 20 corridor of trail riding is amazing and then i have been called out on it by you hap but i do like some of the gravel riding that we have it's just a fun way to mix things up yes and i understand now i get it about the gravel because once you mentioned it's like uh the bikes are not as sophisticated with a bunch of suspension and things like the other are exactly and that takes me back to being a kid yeah on that bike that had absolutely no cushion, nothing on it, but took it everywhere. Right. And you can do so much more, uh, uh, cover so much more terrain with a gravel bike. I mean, you can cover some big distances. Yeah. It sounds like it covers kind of road and uh, dirt. Right. Exactly. That, that's why I saw you grinning out there the other day. Yeah. See, see. We'll get you converted. Where'd he just come from? Hmm. He was grinning. It must be good. I was just grinning because I was riding a bike. That's all it takes. <laughs> So a person, what should a person, I know it's probably a seasonal question, but when you're headed out on a ride, what should you have with you? Well, generally speaking, I mean, you know, I always make sure that I have some sort of a way to repair a flat tire. If it's a tubeless tire system, then it's a tire plug and a pump or CO2 cartridge. If you have a tube, then you need, um, you know, either a spare tube and or a patch kit, as well as the way to inflate it, whether that's a a CO2 cartridge or a pump. Um, A little multi-tool is great. If your chain breaks, you can repair it. If you crash and your handlebars are twisted, you can straighten them. Um, I think that's sort of the minimum stuff, as well as always having water and always wearing a helmet. This time of year, of course, you might need a some sort of a layer to put on if it's pouring rain and keep yourself warm so you don't get hyperthermic and you can at least get back home and be safe. Right. Keep yourself health, healthy. And also, what about, let's say you, you are out there, you get lost or you have a flat tire you can't fix or some mechanical happens to you and you're way up on local highway. I mean, we have people listening who don't live up here where we are, they might be in Sacramento or New York or Paris or someplace like that too. Um, what other things, uh, it's connecting, like if you want to let someone know that you just crashed or you're lost or something like that. We were talking about cell phones, Go, uh, they work a little bit. They work better than a phone call. It takes less, whatever it's called, to, to make that connection with a text rather than a phone call. Right. Um, any other ideas about that, staying well, connected? You know, a cell phone is a great thing to have with you on a ride. Um, I admit I like to be disconnected from technology when I'm riding, but I will often carry a cell phone. It's a great thing to let, so- if you're riding by yourself, to let somebody know where you're going to begin with. But you can always text if you have limited service. Um, you can always do a 911 call as well. Um, when you don't, it will transfer out, but letting somebody know where you were going to begin with is a great way to do it. There are other, uh, devices out there as well, like the Garmin inReach and some other things that can do, um, satellite cat connect through satellite and be able to call for help as well. Yeah. Also let that person know about how long. They, they plan to be gone. Yeah, exactly. That helps too because, yeah. And I will say I've, uh, years ago had been a mountain bike guide. I've done a bunch of backcountry riding and, well, have hurt myself 
pretty about it as well. And I've often wondered what kind of first aid kit to carry. How much do I need? I've asked numerous doctors what the most important thing to have was. They said a cell phone. (laughs) Because yes, you can splint something. You can do this. You can do that. But really what you're going to try and do is to get to some place where you can get help and service so that you can get the doctor to stitch you up. You're not going to stitch yourself up out in the dirt and broken bones. You're going to get to the hospital and they're going to do it. Yeah. What, what I've noticed, because I've had a few crashes in my life, some of them pretty spectacular, I have to say myself. <laughs> but the one thing that always, the first thing you do before you even look how much blood you're dripping is, does the bike still work? Right. Yes. Is, that's, I, I'm glad you said that because it sounds crazy when you tell people like, yeah, I lifted my bike up out of the ditch and then I, you know, I ran the pedals and it looked good. Then I had the great sense of relief, even though, you know, I had a couple of messed up ribs. And I admit I've lifted my bike up to see if it was damaged and then realized that my collarbone wasn't feeling so good. <laughs> yeah, there's something about that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Getting, am I getting, how am I getting home? And if your bike works, there, it makes life a lot easier. It does make it a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. I have another question for you here. I'm just having of course. fun. You probably have more important things to talk about, but <laughs> have you discovered that I told my friends that I realize I've ridden these, with these guys for years through, through COVID and everything else. We've really bonded together. But I, I realized for myself that there's one side of the bike that I get up on. Me, it happens oh, to be sure. the, the right side of the bike. And when it's time to put my foot down, like something, ooh, I don't know if I'll make it here. I want to have my foot ready to put down. It's the it's on the all on the right side of the bike. And everyone else I talk to has a side that they prefer. Uh, so how how does that work with you? Yeah, I find that too. Um, and it's even uh, as much as you know, left or right corners are sometimes easier to do on a steep descent, that kind of thing. And uh, when I'm coaching somebody who's new with a clipless pedal, they're nervous about how to get out of them. And my simple solution is, you know, ride in a parking lot, realize that when you come to a stop, there's one leg that wants to automatically unclip, go with that one. That's the foot that goes onto the ground first. That way you're safer and just sort of let that happen. You can get the other foot out, but don't force that. You need to be comfortable and, you know, ease into it. Uh, I see a lot of new riders with clipless pedals on the road sometimes, and they're unsure of which one to unclip. Just go with that easy one. Right. Like you do it automatically, and everybody's just slightly different. It's right or left, but uh, there's one foot that you want to put down immediately. You know, it's sort of like doing the test of if you're a snowboarder, if you're goofy or regular, and you do the little pushback, and which which foot do you land on? Yeah, there you're safe. You know which one. In surfing, there I was a goofy exactly. foot. I was a goofy foot, so I was looking for waves that broke to the left, because that was a, that was my strong side for balance. And when I started uh, learning about this favoring one side, Olympic slalom skiers choose the course that's best for them. Sometimes they have a, a, a you know a choice over two or three different courses they want to sure. do their best time on, and they choose the slalom course depending on what their strength is, which side is stronger than the other, which one has more balance. So it's just a fascinating thing to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're so weird as humans. Well, and, you know, us humans are weird, but I got to say us cyclists are definitely a weird breed in itself too. There's just something about the cycle and how it changes the motion of our human bodies because... I, I, gosh, I've said this so many times now. You walk along. I like to hike. I love mountains. I like climbing mountains, getting up to the top and just sitting up there like an old goat and looking around at everything. Um, but when you're on a bike, it transforms your human movement, which is one step at a time, step, 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 into a flowing thing. So you're actually rolling across the earth as opposed to stepping across the earth. And there's something about that movement besides wind blowing through your face and your hair and all of that. Um, moving that way is, I think it's sensuous. You know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This you're, is, this is just... that kind of show, is it? <laughs> hey, a lot of things are sensuous. 
<laughs> rain is sensuous. Anyway. But yeah. I would agree. I mean, I, I did a lovely hike on the North Yuba Trail um, near Downeyville yesterday in the rain. It was fantastic. I didn't ride, and it was great. Very different way than I'm usually used to seeing that trail, but um, it is definitely not as flowing as I find when I'm riding. I mean, it's step by step by step. It was still a fantastic time. I love hiking, but not the same as biking. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of spoiled. I mean, I do like to hike, but uh, when you're on the bike, people like you start singing, I've heard. Oh, do I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's your favorite song to sing? Uh, it's usually some opera I just make up on the spot. Opera, even? Well, remember, no one else is around. <laughs> it's just a sense of joy that kind of wells up. Yeah, a little bit of business I want to take care of because Absolutely. last time we kind of didn't do it well. Uh, so our donor, folks, I got to say, um, when this program was being planned on this day, uh, again, it's the first, last Monday of every month. So we'll be on again in a month on the last um, Monday, and it'll be an hour-long show. Um, we'd like to thank the Center for the Arts host Mark Cohn on Wednesday, January 24th at 7.30 p.m. Ila Bamba, Esla Bamba at 8 p.m. on January 25th. On Saturday, January 26th, the Clement Brothers perform at 7 p.m. Tickets and information, thecenterforthearts.com. And our thanks for their support goes out to You Bet Bicycle Sales and Service in Nevada City, locally owned, open 10 a.m. Monday through Saturday, specializing in sales and service for mountain bikes, gravel, and e-bikes, offering tune-ups, suspension work, wheel building, plus trail advice, youbetbike.com. And on that note, I would like to congratulate Jay, the owner of You Bet Bikes. He and his wife, Carrie, just recently had their son, Sonny Lou. He was born on the 9th of uh, January happy little boy and he's going to be fun to see on a bike as well so congratulations you guys how long do you think it'll take before he's on the bike knowing jay i'm surprised he's not on a bike already but <laughs> we might have to give it a couple years maybe, we'll let him walk first maybe a stroller with two wheels exactly that'll that'll get him ready yeah yeah i can imagine wow how fun gosh my heart just flipped when i saw that picture i know jay's been waiting a long time yeah he's a sweet little boy yeah well, Kurt, do you have more bicycle advice or uh, information you think people might want to hear about bicycling? Yeah, there is something I was going to mention about. Um, I had briefly mentioned the uh, Nevada Union, uh, the miners team, that they tend to be doing a couple rides on uh, there's Mondays and Wednesdays and Saturdays. So you might see them in the evening, Mondays and Wednesdays, riding along with lights if you see them. You know, just know that you're, they're your neighbor's kids riding bikes and give them a wave and uh, try and offer some, some support. We just want to try and keep them riding as long as possible. And uh, they've got their first race coming up. Um, I believe it's uh, March 1st. Um, they'll be doing a couple of local races before that down in uh, Folsom. But that's their first official race. And we just want to support them as much as we can. And what is the way we can stay in touch with their activities? Is that also on Bonk, or is that a different? No, it's a different website. They're on, um, I believe it's the NU Miners. No, it's minersmtb.org okay. is their website, and you can find all sorts of information and calendar uh, of events for them. How great. And I, I would like to mention the Seven Hills Bicycle Repair Program because the other end of having the kids work on these bikes uh, and by the way, they always seem to need bikes to repair. If you've got some, get in touch with Seven Hills, uh, ask for Ben, and uh, see if that old bike sitting in the garage that you don't plan to use anymore. Um, they can; those kids, that's their project at the Seven Hills Bike. Gosh, they have this great big giant uh, area to build bikes with, with lots of tools and things like that. And one thing Ben mentioned is technology is changing now. I don't know how much help I could be in that bike shop now because <laughs> brakes have changed, uh, shifting has changed, 
um, so much has changed subtly in bikes. I, I mean, you, you see it all the time. Absolutely, yeah. The other day you told me about, um, oh, this is your, uh, what was it, on the, on the rear brake, there's something inside there. I don't know. <laughs> I said, oh, I've got one of those. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty complicated. I mean, it's, uh, in some ways they're similar to a car, especially with some of these e-bikes now, and hydraulic disc brakes and electronic shifting. There's, there's a variety of technology going into them. So when you post a picture on You Bet Bikes, it's a bike that, uh, I, I mean, it's almost like it should be up on a pedestal somewhere because there's so much reverence for the builder of the bike. It may be a really old one. Um, I know I had a friend who uh, I kind of got her to get her bike out of the garage for a while, and so she took it in for repairs, and it was a, a Wilderness Trail Bikes bike. Yes, it was. Got. I remember the bike well. I bet you do. That's the thing. Why? What is it about uh, that? Is it a classic? That particular bike, it was a, a WTB Wilderness Trail Bikes uh, Phoenix. It was a titanium model um, from the mid-90s, hand-built by Steve Potts out of uh, Moran. And, yeah, it is definitely a collector's item. Wow. Um, I actually sold her that bike, I think, in 1996. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely a collector's bike, though. There's not many of them that exist in this world now. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing because, you know, I rode with her, looked at her bike and stuff, and it was uh, not a brand-new modern-type bike. But I know she said when she took it into the shop, you guys got drool all over that bike. Yeah, we had to wipe it off our chins, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So what else is going on? There's a chance to contact people uh, through the radio. Well, um, I will mention again the, about the Seven Hills Bicycle Recycle Project that if you have an old bike that you realize you're never going to ride or you come by You Bet Bicycle Sales and Service and you know we have a talk with you and you realize you don't really want to put the money into it, um, it's a, and, and maybe you've decided you want to get a different bike, or maybe you're just done riding. Hopefully not, but maybe you just want a different one. It's a great program to donate the bike to. Um, sometimes you can leave the bike with us, and we can contact him, Ben Preston, who runs a program to pick up the bike. But to get those kids either utilizing um, the bike themselves to if they don't have a bike or they're repairing the bike and donating them. They do a big program called Loaves and Fishes around Easter, and it's amazing. And they get all these kids coming down to help a bunch of homeless folks um, either repair the bikes that they have or to donate some of the bikes to folks in need. It's an incredible program. I've seen it literally change lives, whether that's the person receiving the bike or the the student who hasn't really interacted with someone. I had a watch an amazing time where there was somebody who couldn't engage in conversation. And it turns out that the person was deaf. And so the two people who were trying to help him didn't realize that one of the kids could do sign language. Oh. Suddenly it became magic. And I mean, there were tears in the, in both their eyes because now this person had a bike that could work. It helped them in their life. And this kid just suddenly was beaming that helped, you know, another human so well. That will be a life lesson. Absolutely. We'll so, never forget that. yeah. So if you do have a bike that you, um, are no longer using, it's a great program to be able to help and continue. And the other end of all of that is yes, I've been there. I've gone down a few times with them to loaves and fishes. And what happens is there's a drawing. They just have a bunch of numbers and the people who are down there and could really, really use a bike, uh, like it would change their life, um, would pick a number. And then the kids who had built the bike or the one kid who had built that bike right. rolls it right up to them and hands it over to them. Now, this bike is something the kid has been working on for weeks, perhaps months, finding the right parts to make it work, and they're giving this thing they've been working so hard on to a total stranger. And the total stranger is just like in ecstasy because they can get around, you know, they can, they can go places, they can do what they need to do in their lives because now they have a bicycle to get them around. And, and they, loaves and fishes, Sacramento, it's flat, so they don't have to worry too much about hills and things like that. But there is a transformation that happens during that whole experience. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and that program, uh, while it is, it's helping most anybody in need who needs a bike, and it could be that student in the class who doesn't have a bike, and sometimes they're able to put together a bike for themselves. I've watched it. I used to help in an after-school program there and watched as some of the kids would do a bike for their sister because their sister didn't have a bike. It's an amazing program. Wow. That they can actually, with their hands, and these are kids who are like maybe 11 through 13, roughly, 15 maybe. It's probably their first experience because, you know, if the adults kind of take over the world of give this here, that goes there, this goes here. These kids have done it with their hands and their hearts and their compadres who they're working on the bikes with. And I know that it goes down to loaves and fishes, but there's also a bike program where a lot of people get together at the Vets Hall in Grass Valley, and then a lot of those bikes become under the Christmas tree bikes for kids who otherwise would not be able to afford them. Yeah, there was an event uh, uh, through Toys of Toys for Tots that, that um, and the Marine Corps at the Vets Hall that um, a few of us, uh, I know Jay and I from UBET were there, a couple other folks, um, Charlie Hones, uh, Extreme Outfitters was there. Ben Preston was there with a couple of his kids from the Seven Hills Bicycle Program um, are putting together new bikes that have been donated to then put under the tree for these needy kids and some helmets. And it's amazing. I mean, you know it's going to make a difference. I mean, that kid who has limited and then here's this brand new bike sitting there. Yeah. Nothing like a bike under the tree at Christmas. Nothing like it. Yeah. Makes Santa real. So all of this crazy biking, we like to go out and get tired and sweaty and wet and all the stuff that we do the other side of it is this this idea of building bikes and giving something you've done completely freely over to a person in need you know the our human lives we don't have that many opportunities to do that and younger people have even less they're not driving cars they don't have a big income or if any at all and it gives them that that power of the heart, I guess I could call it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that they have created something and then say, here, you have, this is for you. It, it just kind of, I'm going to start crying. It's pretty touching <laughs> when you see that, when it you describe really just is. that, when, when it's the kid who's been working on the bike and puts it together and that other person's raffle number is called and that kid hands the bike to them at Loaves and Fishes, it's a pretty amazing sight. Yeah. Well, Kurt, we're getting close to the end here. KVMR's news will come on soon. This is Between Gears. Uh, One idea with Between Gears we were talking about, if you're riding with a large group, especially in a race, and usually it's when you approach a hill and you're going to have to shift down and go up. I've been with 10 and 12 riders side by side, and everyone clicks down in that same second. So there's something that goes on. I guess it's a wordless bond, wordless connection with all those other folks. We're going to do this hill now. Yeah. Yep. Hey, thanks for coming today. We had uh, uh, Michael's not feeling well. He couldn't come in. Um, Chuck is uh, wasn't ready to come in. And um, so I c- couldn't ask for a better person to come in and uh, share what we love about bikes. Well, my pleasure. Anytime. And uh, hopefully, Michael, you get well soon. Yes. Yes, we got to have the electric bikes be represented again. Exactly. you got to have the, the two old guys running the show again. Wow. Okay, guys. Stay tuned for the news. Thanks for listening. Off we go. And perhaps you're already out in your garage dusting off your bike. Happy trails.